0: This is episode 35 of Going Beyond Salvation, and this is your host, uh, Jess Robinson. And um, we stopped when, you know, we see that the Israelites are free, totally free from Pharaoh and the bondage of slavery. And we we see that they grumbled, that their faith was quick to, to fall apart, and we ended with the bread of heaven, which is manna being presented to them. And, um, we're continuing on in Exodus and we see that it kind of continues to talk about the manna that they, they gathered. And then on the sixth day, they gathered twice as much. And what that was, was because the Lord had commanded a day of rest, a Holy Sabbath. And, So they had to gather because he was not going to have, there was not going to be any manna that day. So what ended up happening is they gathered and they were able to save the, the leftovers till morning. There was not going to be any maggots. And once again, what ends up happening is, um, there's still some people that go out they didn't save, they didn't once again they faltered in their faith with the Lord and went out to 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 gather food and The reason why the and you think about this when you think about the Israelites, what was going on is they had been in slavery for all these years, and they didn't know what rest was; they had been in slavery. And we can take, we can take it as ourselves as well that, you know, when we're slaves to sin, you know, we don't know about rest and, you know, as, as believers, you know, we have to take a Sabbath day of rest or else, you know, the thing, you know, and see the Lord, he, when he created the world, he took a Sabbath day. You know, the seventh day was a Sabbath day for him and it, you know, and he was emphasizing that his people were to respond by resting as well and that we are to rest. And if we fail to observe the Sabbath, we deplete both our physical and spiritual strength by putting earthly worries and pursuits above you know our our relationship with the lord and i see this to this day that people continually put you know work and and um just earthly concerns above god and it's so hard you know you see it these days that um people just don't go to church anymore and it's a it's a huge thing that's going on nationwide that you know church attendance is dropping and people, you know, as, as, you know, being part of leadership and all of that, we have to figure out why, you know, and I think a lot of it is because people's priorities are not in line with God's priorities and they see, you know, church and, and Sabbath rest is, you know, is, you know, not up on their list. And, and I'm going to tell you, I do not work on Sundays. I do not believe in working on Sundays. That's why there's no podcast on a Sunday. And that's just because I do not, I want a day of rest. I want a day of rest. And it's a time for us to go to church, to worship the Lord and have rest, you know, because, we need it. You know, I, if I don't get to go to church and, you know, I won't go to church if I'm sick, you know, and that's the, that's about the only time I do not go to church is if I'm sick, because one, I don't want to get other people in my church sick. And, you know, because, you know, we have older people that come whose immune systems are compromised. We have young children that come to our church and their immune systems are not strong either. So it's like that isn't right, you know. I I tell people if you're sick, please don't come to church. You know we don't need your stuff. That's you know the Lord understands that kind of stuff, but you know when you're putting your job, when you're putting you know every, your your earthly worries above God, you know you're becoming tired physically and spiritually, and you're missing out on the fellowship. You're separating yourself and allowing yourself to be this open target for the enemy and, and, and you see people, they're continually struggling because especially, you know, and they keep falling back to a lot of old habits because they're not putting God first and not allowing themselves to rest and fellowship with other believers. And I feel like, you know, and I think these days, you know, it used to be, and like we've talked about. You know, it used to be sports did not run on the weekends. There was always, and nothing happened on Wednesday nights other than youth group. And there was no homework on those days either because they wanted kids to go to youth group. And, you know, and we're seeing that these days that a lot of kids, they have so much homework that they don't come to youth group because they're trying to get their homework done. Or there's all these other things that are going on or we have sports on the weekend and they're always out of away from sports and and they're like well we're so tired we need to get the house cleaned and everything on Sunday and because we were gone on Saturday to this this match or whatever for 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 little Johnny and that's that's it, it's hard and I don't want to condemn people for stuff like that but and and you know, I feel like our school districts, you know, yeah, we've turned away from prayer in schools. We've turned away from, you know, focusing on church activities and, you know, and then we're wondering why our, our kids are struggling, why they're struggling with addictions, why they don't, they struggle when they get out of high school with life, you know, why there's a, a Uh, an increase in school shootings and, and all of that. And it's because we have laid aside God for these pleasures that are, you know, momentarily pleasures, you know? And so, and so that's what the Lord was doing. And, and so, you know, for the Israelites is he wanted them to have this rest and they, and I think they didn't understand it because yeah, they had been so used to it. And there are times that, you know, especially brand new believers, you know, we encourage them to continue to come. And then, you know, we gradually include them to start coming to like, you know, encouraging them to come to Sunday nights. Or if they have teenagers, bring them to our youth group. You know, just so that, because they're not used to stuff like that. And, but a lot of times it's like, the new believers are the ones that are coming to Sunday night. Or they're automatically sending their kids to youth group going. You know, because they're so excited to be, you know, in this fellowship. And so, you know, I just feel like... That, 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 this is something that, you know, the church needs to address is, you know, the low attendance and getting, and we just, we need a revival. We need people to, to sense a revival to, to come and, and that brings them to their knees and everything else just becomes second and God becomes first. And so, you know, as we continue on and, in exodus you know once again we're seeing that they're struggling you know as soon as trouble arises they're blaming god they're coming against god and you know because they didn't have water and so you know moses strikes the rock and and we see in the new testament this rock is identified with jesus the spring of living water, and as the rock was struck, as we see, so was Christ smitten by death on the cross, and you know, and Christ is the source of blessing and and the giver of the Holy Spirit for for the church, and so in seventeen we see that happening, and then we see this this battle with the Amalekites, and. This young man named Joshua ends up appearing, which there's a book called Joshua. And it's a wonderful book that is filled with so many good stories. And, um, and Joshua, he ends up being, this is the first time we see Joshua. Joshua is actually chosen to succeed Moses as leader of Israel. And this is his first appearance. And Joshua, his name means the Lord saves or Yahweh is savior. And the Greek form of the name becomes an English Jesus. Because if you look at it, it's actually Yeshua is how you would say it, his name. And so he first, and it's kind of cool because he first appears in a military role. And I think this is the Lord preparing him for his later roles against the Canaanites, you know, and we see him appearing. And then we also see in this story, like Moses is holding his hands up and, and we see that his hands begin to waver. And as his hands begin to waver and go down, that the Amalekites start gaining, you know, ground against the Israelites, but his hands are up. And, and when his hands are up, the Israelites israelites are winning and it's symbolic because his hands holding when he's holding up his hands to the lord it's revealing his dependence on on and faith in god and you know it's because of this it, it, it's showing that israel's strength and victory laid in a in a continuous posture of dependence trust and faith in god and is demonstrated through this through intercession. And when his intercession waned, so did the flow of God's power on behalf of his people. And this is in continued operation today, even with the new covenant. If we fail to go into prayer, and I mean, prayer is a huge thing. As I'm learning in my class um, on Acts, part of a move of the Holy Spirit, one one of the key components is prayer and intercession. And when you are not strong in prayer, you know, we're not going into prayer daily with the Lord and, and even in our own lives, you know, when we're failing to go and meet with the Lord in prayer daily, you know, the, the divine life protection, blessing, and grace will begin to stop flowing. And. You know, our only hope of victory lies in continually approaching the throne of grace through Christ, that we might receive God's power and grace to help us in times of need. And that's a huge thing. Prayer and intercession is a huge thing. And like I said, they took prayer out of schools and there are kids that get punished for taking their Bible to school. There are kids that get punished for even praying for another student and Then they're wondering why they're having such problems with kids these days, you know, and I'm going to say this. I noticed there are a lot of kids because when I grew up, there wasn't as many kids in special education as today. You know, I was observing about, I think about a month ago, I was observing some kids and the Lord just revealed to me how many kids have so many behavioral problems, have so many issues already at a young age because the enemy's already attacking them. And compared to my day, it's like there wasn't that many issues when I grew up. There's like only one or two kids like in my class that ever had issues that had to be addressed, you know, by staff members. And that was it, like you never really saw it and there's such an increase and I just feel like, you know, it's, you know, as we continue on and, you know, there's sin running rampant and, you know, when we continue to turn away from God, we're going to see increase like in behavioral problems because also there's a breakdown in the family structure You know, there's, there's an increase in divorce. There's an increase in, in domestic violence. And that's because more and more families are broken down because God is not in the center of marriages anymore. Marriages are treated more like contracts. Um, you know, we see more and more families being broken down because God is not in the center and then these kids are suffering because of the breakdown in the family. And then we see this increase that, in and in kids with special education that have special needs. Maybe behavior, maybe physical or mental. There's this, you know, and and we try to put the blame on vaccines and I'm going to say this, I don't think vaccines cause issues, you know. There are certain people that do have reactions to vaccines and they shouldn't, there's, you know, and because of that, they can't have a vaccine, but I am a strong proponent to getting a vaccine. <laughs> and it's just because, you know, I, I know, you know, I have a friend who has a child that, you know, you know, his immune system is compromised, um, because, and, And, you know, because of that, she has to be careful, like, especially when he goes to school, if the flu is rampant, then he can't go to school and all of that. So, you know, that's why I'm a big proponent for vaccines and and the flu shot. So anyway, you know, we just see this going on and, and we just, we need to get prayer you know, prayer back into schools, prayer back into just our daily lives, putting God in the center of families and marriages again, you know, a lot of answers in marriages is let's throw pornography, which is lust. And the worst thing you can do, the most worst drug it, that, you know, in the entire world above meth, you know, and throw it in the center of that and it's like that doesn't fix anything (laughs) doesn't fix marriages it actually breaks them apart even more and so you know we just need more prayer back in 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 the in this in in our schools in our daily lives and putting God in the center of our lives and not everything else comes you know (laughs) these worldly desires you know God needs to become first in everything you know <laughs> even at our own jobs he needs to be first so and continuing on we just see um Jethro's or Jethro Moses's father-in-law he comes and people go oh Moses divorced his wife I think what it means by sent away his wife Zipporah what had happened. I think this was back with his conflict with Pharaoh. So he sent Zipporah and and the two children, you know, his two kids away from the conflict where they would be safe with Jethro. I think he probably didn't know what was going to happen. I don't think there was a divorce. I think that's, you know, wrong. I think what it is, is he just sent Zipporah away for protection during that time and so he comes back with Zipporah and the kids and we see his father-in-law giving him Moses the greatest advice and you know because we see Moses is attempting to do everything on his own and Jethro just says you can't do this you can't do this and it does set a biblical standard to today When you go into churches, you know, for all, for all you new believers and don't understand, when you go into churches, you're going to see that there's the pastor and then there's what is called deacons. They are, you know, generally deacons are men of God. Um, A lot of times there are women breaking through and getting into boards, but a lot of times in churches you have men being the deacons and then there's what's called the women's ministry and they mainly have women who are women leaders in that area it just depends um but you know there are churches where there are women deacon and deacons there's nothing against that but what it is is they they are there to help with running the church helping with the finances understand the finances, running the business part of it, you know, you know, taking care of the bills. What are we going to do for, you know, you know, building maintenance and all of that, making sure things run efficiently so that it's not just on the pastor. It's, you know, this board that handles everything, you know, and, and, you know, and they also talk about conflicts that are going on in the church. And how do we settle these? Because a lot of times the pastor, you know, may not have an answer, but, you know, his, his board of deacons might have a great idea and say, well, you know, and after praying about it, going, well, and looking into the word, well, let's handle it this way, you know, and that's how it is, you know, in a church, it's delegated, you know, a lot of people think That everything should just be handled by the pastor and the pastor's wife. And they can't do everything by themselves. You know, as, as believers, each of us have a role in the church and, you know, some may be cleaning the church, some may desire just clean the church, there's nothing wrong with that, the Lord is going to honor you for keeping the church clean, and, and making it look nice on Sundays, or for different events, it may be, you know, you're you're handling the coffee, you may be, you know, helping with the kids church, you may be helping with the youth group, or, you know, you're helping with the prayer chain or just different, there's different roles. You know, there's people that handle just strictly the website for the church. There's nothing wrong with that. It's when you're there helping to, you know, take burdens off of the pastor. So the pastor can continue to do what he's supposed to do and, and be the shepherd for, for the church. And And so I think as, as believers, we need to, to be doing that. And, you know, we shouldn't just, you know, you know, cause I, I, you know, I hear people go, well, and, you know, and a lot of times people are going like, well, we need to just go to the pastor needs to handle this. And a lot of times it's a simple fix that doesn't really require the pastor's involvement, you know, as believers. We can pray with other believers. It doesn't just have to be the pastor. Yes, you can tell the pastor, hey, can you be praying for me? But you don't need to be calling, you know, all the time when there's other believers that you can go to and pray with, you know, there's other men and women of God that are called to be intercessors to pray, you know, they have that gift, you know, I don't, And, and so that's something we need to focus on is, yeah, there's different roles in the church. There's different roles in the body of Christ and, you know, some of the qualifications we see here for leaders that are mentioned here is capable people. They have to be trustworthy. They have to be dependable. You know, you just can't you know, people think, oh, yeah, we can select a deacon, like, because, well, yeah, they've been a member this many years, and, but if they're not dependable, they're never anywhere, I'm not, like, that's how I pray, like, I sit there, and I think about it, you know, when there's a board member, you know, when we're going through our board member selections, it's like, I sit there and look at them, and I go, hmm, you know, and I think about it, because it's like, well, yeah, they're qualified because they're at the age limit and they've been a member for those many years, but if they're never at any events, you know, for the church and they're just showing up on Sunday, I'm not going to vote for that person because they're not, they're not committed. You know, I, I just tells me that they're not committed. Another thing is people who fear God and trust worthy people who hate dishonest gain and and are free from covetousness and the love of money. Uh, That's just something that, you know, I want to see, you know, and and board members not. And that, you know, either they're filled with the Holy Spirit or they want to be filled with the Holy Spirit and they have no problems with it. And so... Yeah, and not just filled with head knowledge about the Bible, that they have a true personal relationship with the Lord, and so that's pretty much it with Exodus. So continuing on and and talking in about Psalm nineteen, you know. You know, this is a Psalm of David, and the first line in there, it says, The heavens declare the glory of God. The skies proclaim the work of his hands. You know, the physical world today declares God's glory and creative power. And the problem with today is most people who do not believe think creation itself is a divine entity, and it's not. It's God's creation and it's his creation that proclaims his glory and and creative power. You know, it just shows that there is a God. I mean, you think about creation itself like for example, the sea turtle. The sea turtle is so interesting because it it just shows that there's a God because you know, when when they're born you know, they're born in the sand and they go out into the ocean and they swim. And when they grow up, they have like this compass in their mind, like this magnetic compass in their head that leads them back to the same shore that they were born. And then they go lay eggs there and then, you know, go back. And it's just, that's the Lord. It speaks that there's this, this creator out there that's so detailed. And, and when you think about it, you know, and the stars and just everything out there, just, it just points to, to God that, you know, his power and, and, and his glory. And I mean, and I love being in Wyoming because, you know, I, I live next to mountains and, And looking at his creation, you know, we go camping and it's like, you look at his creation and it's like, you look at the rivers, you look at the trees, you look at the animals that are out there. And it's like, God made these (laughs) and you just see how they, they function and they work and just, it's God, you know? And, And so, I mean, that's just so amazing you know, and even David, you know, he's just, he was so like, this is God, you know, he was, and, you know, I I think him being a shepherd, you know, and being out there with the sheep, he had that time to look at the Lord's creation, look at his, uh, at sheep and and everything and go, you know, there is a God, you know, there's God out there. And I think it really, it, it touched his heart. And, but, you know, in, in, Verses 7 through 11, He's talking about the law of the Lord is perfect. Um, you know, the revelation of God's law is clearer than the revelation from God's creation. And it we're, he's you know speaking of five things that of great of, of this greater revelation, you know, the law, you know for first off, the law, it's reflecting the moral character of God and is thus perfect in its life-giving influence of the soul. The statutes represent God's wisdom and will that are trustworthy for making wise and prudent decisions in life. That's, that's the second point. The third point is the precepts, you know, comp- comprise God's principles for right living, that produce the joy of being alive and receiving his blessing. And the fourth thing is the commands radiate God's light and, and thereby impart light to the eyes for living righteously in covenant relations, uh, relationships and wholesome fear of the Lord within enduring results. And the fifth thing is the ordinance laws governing social life that ensure justice and righteous treatment for the whole covenant community being more precious or valuable than gold and then continuing on you know David he says forgive my hidden faults you know as believers and I've said this we need to strive to love and serve God with all our hearts but we're still imperfect you know and And there may be times that we fall short of God's will without knowing it. And thus we need to seek God's forgiveness for our errors and hidden faults. You know, there, and the Lord is so gracious. He will let us know when we've done wrong, when we've spoken wrong, when we've had a wrong attitude, that's how great God is. He will let us know. And when we have this repentant heart, it's like, it draws us so close to God because we want to please him and part of, you know, and like in verse 14, you know, he says, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be ple be pleasing in your sight. O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. And it's, you know, our proper response to, to the Lord, you know, in our lives is just having this constant prayer that God, you know, keep our hearts, words, and lives free from sin, you know, and pleasing to him. And, you know, and I've heard people, you know, there was somebody I was um, listening to, to one, or one day there was this pastor that I was listening to on, on a video and he was talking about his struggle with pornography and he would always just be praying, you know, and he was, you know, he was pursuing God, but he just had this struggle with pornography and he couldn't understand why, you know, he had been delivered from cussing all this other stuff, but he could not get delivered from pornography, and he was struggling. And you know, he had all these people pray over him, and he's like, it it wasn't working. And he was like crying out to the Lord, and the Lord spoke to his heart one day, and you know, spoke to him and said that he wasn't praying right. And the man, you know, started praying, and he started praying that he would have a heart like David and that his heart would break for whatever breaks God's heart. And like he started to strive to know the Lord. And as he started praying that prayer, the Lord took away his addiction from pornography. Like he didn't desire it anymore and he got delivered. And it was just because his heart started to know the Lord and And he started to know what would break God's heart. And he just had this repentant heart. And I think we need to strive for that. You know, that's a prayer that I continually pray is that, you know, to have this heart that breaks for whatever breaks the Lord's heart. So that I know what is, you know, what the Lord desires and what hurts him. And we have to, you know, I think as believers, that's something that we need to strive for, And so this is a wonderful psalm, like there's just a lot of psalms in here that are just so amazing, and so we're not even close to, you know, being done with the book of psalms, it'll probably be a while that we'll be here, and so continuing on, so continuing on um, into the book of Matthew, we'll actually talk about Proverbs in the next, Proverbs 3 in the next episode. Um, in the book of Matthew, we we're in we're to the point now. We're in the Passion Week, and um, last time we were talking about day three, and just to kind of recap about day three, um, and what was going on. It it began with the controversy uh, as the chief priests, the teachers of the law, and the elders challenged Christ's authority. And faced with their challenge, he engaged them in the process. And in the process, he gave the parable of the tenants. Um, And today, um, part of the reading, he comments on paying taxes to Caesar um, and all of that. But we also have the, the parable of the wedding banquet as well, which is, it's pretty much tying back to, you know, this challenge from the leaders and he is... He's talking about, you know, this is dealing with religion. This is dealing with, he's, he's addressing these religious leaders. He's addressing the people of Israel who are rejecting salvation. And it's to this day, we also have to take that warning. It's not so much the unbelievers that, you know, there are people with a religious spirit that keeps them separate from the kingdom of God, and we have this, this parable, the wedding banquet, that it's tying back into what was going on, and that, you know, it, it's the same thing, that, you know, the king has this wedding banquet ready, but nobody, you know, is, is coming, the people that he invited, originally invited, wasn't coming, so then he ends up sending out his servants to, to, to get more, and, Um, you know, to get more guests to fill this place. And that's how the Lord is, you know, um, Jew or Gentile, whoever would accept the, whoever accepts the gospel, they get to be part of the wedding. But sadly he's talking about, there's this part in, in the parable about a man that is not wearing wedding clothes and there are going to be people who claim to know Jesus, but they really don't, they're, they they do not have the wedding clothes, there's not this, it, you know, the wedding clothes, It simple, symbolizes a condition of readiness, and it, it, it presents a possession of true faith in Christ, and continued obedience, made possible through the grace of Christ, and, you know, he's referring to the one who's not wearing wedding co- clothes, as somebody who's not, Living that way, and so as believers, you know we need to strive to make sure to check our heart and going are are we prepared? Are we walking in obedience to the Lord? And yeah, I believe there are going to be people that miss out on God's opportunity because even though they they claim to know Him and go to church, just because you go to you know it's just like just because you go to McDonald's doesn't mean you're a Big Mac, you know, (laughs) and, and just because you go to church doesn't mean necessarily you are saved. There are people that go to church that aren't living for the Lord, you know, and living in true obedience to him. And it's going to be a sad day because they're going to realize, especially if they continue to live that way, they're going to realize that they're not, you know, they're going to they're going to be faced with with that you know they got to answer for it one day and we have this the same with paying taxes to caesar what they were trying to do was mess up jesus and and try to find a way like you just see them and they're they're preparing their heart they're they're preparing to have him you know killed during this time and and they're trying you know, to trap him, and he ends up giving this answer of, give to Caesar what is Caesar's, and to God what is God's, he gives him this, this whole deal, and that was pretty much the daily reading for, for today, um, in chapter 22, we're still going to be, you know, day three is going to be broken up for several days before we get to day four, <laughs> um, of, of, of the Passion Week, you know, and so, um, you know, and that's pretty much it that I wanted to talk about and, um, and, and everything. So, um, for the next episode, you'll read Exodus chapter 19, verse three through chapter 21 verse 11 and then you'll read psalm 20 verses 1 through 9 and then proverbs we're finishing proverbs 3 we're going to do verses 33 through 35 and we're going to talk about it in the next podcast and matthew chapter 22 verses 23 through 46 which that'll be the end or chapter 22, verses 23 through 46, so we'll be finishing up chapter 22, and that is pretty much it. I'm going to end in a prayer, and I just want to say thank you, Lord, for for who you are, Lord, and that as we read in Psalms, Lord, that creation just declares your glory and your creative power, that it just declares that you are God, and that there is no other God but you, Lord God. And we just thank you, God, for for your love, for sending Jesus to die on the cross for our sins, and that, Lord, he rose from the grave, and that there will be a day that he's coming back. Lord, help us to be prepared in our hearts, Lord. I pray over our lives, Lord, and that if we are, you know, just speak to our hearts, Lord, where, where we may be sinning, Lord. Speak to our hearts where you know, on things that break your heart, Lord God, I pray that you would speak to our hearts in our daily lives and how we can put you first, Lord, help us, Lord, in our priorities, Lord God, and, and that, Lord, that we wouldn't deplete our spiritual and physical bodies, Lord God, with, with the worries of this world, Lord God, that we would just entrust it to you, Lord God, and that, Lord, we just thank you for all that you're doing, what you continue to do, in Jesus' name. Amen. Have an awesome day, you guys.